When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yo. Are you going to be doing this walking around? I'm going to be getting... <laughs> of course I'm walking by. I come by doing that fucking... Yeah, I'm going to go do this fitting at 10.30 and I just dropped off the car. Great. So let me get by this guy. Hold on. It'll be the sights and sounds and sounds of New York. Great. Listen, we... If, if anything, our pod family, our massive fanship, our global audience has been just clamoring... For this, so hopefully, despite the noise, they will be satisfied with this, our first podcast in what feels like years. When's the last time we recorded a podcast? Too long ago. We apologize. Just life has been busy. Life has been busy for both of us. Uh, between you hosting 68 different racket house <laughs> events in New York City, um, uh, from I mean, it was we had it all going on. You, you had the field uh, house. Uh, we had a Fila Racket House with Yonex and Aperol Spritz. We did a Lacoste event. We did a Evian event. Post- you and I, but mostly you, launched Ambush Tennis with Billie Jean King with Adidas. You were on Good Morning America. We were on the Today Show. You hosted a daily news live program and covered ESPN for the better part of three weeks, doing pre-match interviews, post-match interviews, on-court interviews, desk interviews. I mean, Renee Stubbs, I feel like you were ESPN at the US Open. Between the two of us, was there a stone left unturned? Was there a person left uninterviewed? Was there somebody who didn't get to party with us? Because if you didn't, I don't know, you blew it because we were just everywhere. I feel like this has been just a nonstop chaotic. This is like Super Bowl plus Oscar season plus the World Cup plus uh, the Olympics. Well, that was a lot. Um, yes. Well, basically, I do feel like it was the Olympics plus another Olympics, uh, plus the Australian Open, US Open. I mean, look, I love it. This is my favorite time of the year when it comes to like covering tennis. It's manic, it's crazy. I was hosting my show in the Collies week, so it was a lot of work, but you know what? I freaking love it and I love every bit of it and it's fine and I'm surviving and I survived and we're moving on. And what a great tournament we had. Oh my God, like seriously, can we talk about the ends of the spectrum with the winners of the women's and the winner of the men's? Like. We've literally got the greatest player of all time. I mean, he just sealed the deal. No matter what you think about Novak, if you love him, if you hate him, this guy is unbelievable. 36 years of age. He's like, everyone's like, oh, he looks tired. Like in the final, like he looks gassed. 
he looked gassed in Cincinnati. Oh, he's done. He's getting too old for this. He's, you know, <laughs> you know, it's it's father time is starting to catch up to him. He makes these 20 year olds and 25 year olds and 27 year olds look like they've never worked out in their life. I mean, it's unbelievable how resilient this guy is, no matter what is thrown at him. The fact that after a couple of years going back, you know, not playing because of the vaccine status and yada, 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 and he comes back and wins the US Open and beats the guy that stopped him from getting, you know, the calendar Grand Slam, which would have really solidified him as the greatest tennis player we've ever seen. And then he takes that guy out in three sets yesterday. I mean, I thought Medi was going to give him a match. I actually sort of said on air that I thought Medi would have to win. And the reason I thought that was because, look, he'd beaten him the last, he'd beaten him last time he played him. He'd beat him in the last time in the finals of the US Open. I thought he'd, that Medvedev had been tested throughout the tournament. I mean, beating Alcaraz was phenomenal how well he played. But I don't know, maybe Novak with the fresher legs just went out and said, you're not, you're not doing it today, not in five sets, not over me anymore well, I think um, what, it was yeah, incredible I think for me what sort of explained it helped explain the Medvedev final performance is just like he felt like he had already played the match of his life against Carlitos the the match before yeah. you yeah. know very true and I think you know physically that was probably as taxing as you get beating you know Alcaraz in the best of five sets and that match was just absolutely phenomenal I mean Medvedev's tennis in that match was unreal it's like you couldn't get the ball past him and his, his passing ability, like, he, 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 you know, when Alcaraz comes in against a lot of these guys, they're just not able to pass him like Medvedev is. He's 20 feet behind the baseline, can still find an angle, particularly on his backhand, you know, where he can slap that thing cross court and get a hard angle on it. And that's where he, I think, where he got the better of Alcaraz the other day. He was just better under, like, pressure from Alcaraz coming in, whereas Novak, Novak's patience level is like off the charts. He just waits and waits and waits and doesn't panic. He doesn't get too overawed by the situation. Clearly, this is 47th, I think 47th Grand Slam final. I mean, that's fucking insane. It's insane. There are, there are players that have had great careers that have not played in 47 Grand Slams. Let alone Grand Slams in draws, period. Yeah, good point. Yeah. This guy, I mean, John McEnroe said that in our green room when we were discussing Novak, he said, most people don't even play 47 Grand Slams, let alone be in 47 finals. I mean, it, his numbers are just incredible. And, you know, no matter how or what, he's very polarizing in a lot of ways to a lot of people. But for me, as a, as a former pro and somebody who's watched this game for a really long time, you just have to marvel at his ability to just never quit and his he's relentless you know i mean yeah. i think roger and rafa definitely personified wanting to win a lot and do it but it's obsessive to novak and you can see it you know that he wants to he wants to put the numbers up because he knows he's not going to be as popular worldwide as roger and rafa and i'm i, I think i'm right in saying that and that's just a fact is that i think he wants to put the numbers up so much that Yes, they may be more popular than me, but I will always be the greatest and I will always have the numbers over them. And he doesn't care. And I, I admire him for that. You know, I admire him for not wanting to be the favorite, not wanting to be the, the, the one that everyone loves. He tries, but it just, it's just not in his nature because that's just not his nature. Um, but you have to give the guy unbelievable credit for 
putting in the work, man. At that age, to put in the work to be able to handle these guys in best of five sets, it's just, he's a, you know, he's a credit to sport in that way. He raises the bar. I mean, I asked the question to both players before they walked on the final, what they admired about one another and, you know, what they respected because I just thought it was, I'm so over those pre-match questions because they're so redundant because they're not <laughs> going to answer them. Uh -huh. So that, how am I going to get something, elicit something out of these guys that actually feels better? And I thought, why not ask them how much they respect one another? Right. And you know what? They, they gave great answers, particularly Medvedev. I mean, he was just like, I admire him for coming through his, you know, his background and his, where he grew up and what he's gone through. And I admire that about him. I was like, wow, that's a really earnest answer. I mean, the thing about Medvedev, he's, I love the guy. He's so earnest. Well, actually, that was kind of kind of lead to one of my questions, which is, you know, we put him on a cover a couple of years ago just because he's so quirky. I mean, obviously his tennis is nuts in a, in a totally kind of, we've talked about it at length, how unorthodox everything from his technique to his stance to his return position you know but what i love about him is the personality like i hope and i still haven't seen ample evidence although you guys on espn talked about this to a degree how why isn't he being more embraced for being such a character do you think he's because people don't quite get how much of a funny troll he is like he's he to me he should be like he should be what we talk about when we talk about Nick Kyrgios because he actually like is emotionally committed to the sport and he's committed to fitness and he's also a troll and funny and a rebel. Do you know what I mean? Like, why doesn't he have a higher profile, do you think, in the media? Because God knows we've tried. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think because he so doesn't seek the spotlight, does that make sense? Like he mm -hmm. doesn't he doesn't necessarily want to go on Good Morning America or the Today Show or he doesn't want to go on the cover of, I mean, I think he went on the cover of yours because he knows it's quirky and awesome and it's part of the it's part of the, uh, you know, the mystique of like his character, you know what I mean? Right. So it's like, I don't know. It's, it's a good question. It's probably a question for him, but I think it's along those lines. I actually yeah. don't think he relishes being super popular and super well-loved. And I mean, I don't know. I, I really, I really like him though a lot as a person and a player and he's, he's energetic and he's, you know, magnanimous in a lot of ways. And, I love the fact that there's like three people in his box, you know, and his wife is sitting up there. Don't give a fuck. No. Nope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not done up, not in some fancy outfit. She's like in sweats with her hair pulled back. Like I'm a mom. Like I, I can't deal with this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just, I, it's great. And then you've got Novak's box, which is packed to the gills with superstars and whatever. Everyone has their thing, right? Everyone has something that makes them get up in the morning and go work their ass off. And it was one yeah. of the questions I asked Novak, you know, how proud are you of the fact that you woke up this morning and you're in another, your 47th grandson final. It's just insane, you know? And he's like, yeah, I'm proud of what I've done in my career basically. And I keep striving for it. And, you know, I got to give the guy an unbelievable amounts of credit because what he's done for the sport in elevating how good these guys have to be. Um, is pretty spectacular and yeah, we'll never see look, it again we'll, if you look at we'll how, never see anyone win 24 grand slams there's just no way no way i don't know if we make the australian open like a 16 draw again and let locals only play it maybe that'll like margaret court's record maybe that'll uh that'll help cook the books a little bit but i do think the level just talking about the men generally the level was not good enough by far at this tournament like he had absolutely no trouble with Ben Shelton. He had absolutely no trouble with Medvedev to me, honestly. And I don't know that Tommy Paul wins, but 
the fact that Tommy Paul kind of didn't seize his moment and beat Ben Shelton, because I think he would have beaten Tiafo, um, and he could have kind of made a real run at this tournament. I think Tommy Paul is the person we should be talking to and looking at as being like, oh man, where was that guy? Because this was actually kind of his time to shine, especially after the, the last couple months he's had. What do you think yeah, about actually, the men in general? I thought the I level was think, quite poor, honestly. Well, I won't say poor because I know how good these guys are. And I, the tennis that I watch, I mean, even Sin and Zverev, that match was just ridiculous. Um, I mean, the guys, they were hitting the ball so hard, so big, like, and they're having 20 ball rallies in it. They make it look, I don't, I think people understand how unbelievable they make this tennis look. I mean, you know, Sviantek and Ostapenko, like they were hitting the ball so hard. And I was like, I mean, Iga couldn't even catch up with the ball. And you've got Sabalenka smashing the ball against Matty Keys. I mean, they were hitting the ball as hard as Novak Djokovic. We did the, we did this, the, the, really? the stats with the, oh yeah. There was only one person that hit the ball harder than Madison Keys. Um, and I think Sabalenka was fourth in the tournament. Maddie was second in the tournament. And of Novak all, was of men one. and women. Wow. That's of crazy. all the players. Wow. So, you know, these players are elevating the game so much that they're making it look like, you know, when you watch it on TV, it looks like ping pong. It's not ping pong. They are yeah. running from side to side, up and back, round and bout, up and down. It's just, the athleticism now and the, the ball striking of these players is outrageous. outrageous. It's so good. And, you know, me, I was a mediocre singles player, you know, <laughs> and I, I can literally look at this tennis and just, I can, I'm blown away by it. That's why I feel very privileged to be courtside watching these tennis players do what they do. Cause it's just unreal, you know? Anyway, um, can we get to Coco? I mean, what a freaking story this is. What a great outcome for tennis. Yeah. I mean, a what are your thoughts on this? Um, I thought more than anything else, the thing I want to say is what a great outcome for tennis. What a great champion we have in Coco. What a great human we have in Coco. What a great future we have in Coco. What a great, um, advocate for sport and culture and politics and everything, everything, Just everything. in Coco. So for me, the outcome is really great. My, my issue is that the final was lost not really one. And again, you can point to Coco's incredible defense. You can point to her incredible speed. You can point to her incredible athleticism, how she hung around. All of that's true, not to take anything away from her. It's just, it was personally triggering being the person who tries to hit winners, to watch someone try to hit winners and hit so many unforced errors. Fun fact, on Friday, I got invited by our friends at Rolex to play in the Pro-Am tournament. You don't know this, but I got invited to play in the Pro-Am tournament with mostly bankers and then a pro. And so the first match I played, I was four and one that day. And the first match I played was against Brad Gilbert and a banker from Brazil. I was playing with your guy, Mark Woodford. And Mark Woodford and I were playing attacking tennis. And Brad Gilbert just kept playing defense. And he played great defense. And he, he at one point started getting on me. He was like, Caitlin, why are you trying to hit winners? Why are you trying to end the point? I was like, because Brad, I would rather lose pretty than win ugly. And I said that to him because it's true. But it got me thinking about how my relationship with defense and offense feels very personal. I want offense to always beat defense. And what Coco proves, what Novak proves now 24 times is that great defense beats great offense. It doesn't happen all the ways and it's not a total one-way street. But my thoughts on the final were, I always root for offense. And so I am thrilled with the outcome. I'm thrilled with that incredible human being who we now have to count among the collection of tennis players who has won a grand slam. Um, but for me personally, that match was just very 
it did me harm. Well, listen, I know that you love Arena Sabalenka and I think it's because you love her crazy and you love that she goes after it and all that sort of stuff. I think that the crowd factor was absolutely a part of this um, match and there's no doubt about it. And I think Arena actually, of all the players, I thought she could handle it because she loves the fight and the atmosphere very much like Novak does. But I think even for her, it was too much. Like I, I know as a player what it's like, not in the closest realm of playing in front of 20,000 people, but I have played in front of very raucous crowds, whether it be um, in Spain, uh, Fed Cup, whatever. You know, as soon as you're, you know you're going to maybe miss a shot and you know the crowd is going to go absolutely bonkers when you miss it. And it's very anxiety provoking and it often makes you miss a lot of shots because you're like, they're going to yell and scream. So I mm-hmm. think that was part of the factor. Yeah, it gets in your but head. I, I just want to focus, and you know me, I like to focus on the positive. I just, I'm so overwhelmed. Yes, you can talk about all the, what Arena had to deal with and all the opponents of Coco, but can we talk about the fact that Coco is the one that walked into this tournament being spoken about for the very first time of being a real favourite of a Grand Slam? You know, we've talked about her being possibly, possibly, could she win, possibly? But all of us pundits sort of knew that, the way that her forehand was operating, maybe even her second serve, that she was going to come up against a Sabalenka or a Shiantek or, you know, Rabakina, all these players that hit big that probably when it comes to quarter semis and finals, which is where she's fallen short a couple of times, are always going to go after that shot and probably take advantage of it. And they're just too good to sort of, you know, give in to the moment. But what she handled with the pressure on her shoulders yeah, totally. of actually winning tournaments coming in, and then handling that moment for two weeks, every yeah. single match. I mean, her toughest match was her first round against Siegerman, who, and she was really pressed there because she was under so much pressure yeah. from the very beginning of this tournament. Very much like Serena, in a little bit different ways. Everybody thinks Serena was supposed to win everything. But the fact that Coco had, for the first time, real pressure on her shoulder to actually come out and win the tournament, and the fact that she did it, yeah. and her Un- forehand unreal. was great the whole tournament, she had some whoopsie daisies every now and again in the matches, but that's going to happen. That's just technique wise. She's going to have those moments. But the fact that I think Brad has helped her win ugly in some respects of getting the forehand in the court and mm-hmm. using your speed and her backhand is so oh, her good. Everyone's so, so backhand is so we, good. And also about- her serve, her serve is so much better. First serve, three oh. points. What a weapon it is now. And to be honest, I was one of the, I don't want to say I was a hater because I, I admire and love her. Just her game style doesn't, isn't, doesn't happen to be one of my favorites, but I did not give her a chance. And everybody else, you certainly, but other friends of ours were like, no, 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 she can win this. And I was like, no way. And I was wrong. And she called me personally out in her speech. I mean, maybe not me personally, because I was hope I was never dousing her flame, but like she, I didn't think she could do it. And she did. And she did it with tenacity and an improvement mindset. Um, especially on that, as you said, that forehand and and I, and I think really the serve. I think what I I want to stress to people is watching her matches over the last month, watching her in Washington, watching her in uh, Canada and uh, Cincinnati, sorry, and then watching her at the U.S. Open. What I saw immediately, particularly in Washington, because I was courtside for every single match, is that she wasn't making errors on the forehand. She was hitting through it. She was getting it deep. And once she sort of understood what she needed to do. I was like, oh, my God, this girl's going to be unbeatable because her backhand, you see players pick on the forehand, pick on the forehand, right, hit it to the forehand, and then they're like, you can see their anxiety building because they're like, wait, she's not making a mistake. Wait, she's not hitting it short. Oh, my God, she's not missing it. Okay, bang, I'm going to go to her backhand to open up the court again. 
And then they go to her backhand and she runs over there and hits a frigging ball at a hundred miles an hour back at them. And they're like, oh shit, I got to go back to the forehand. And oh my God, she's not missing that. So you see this anxiety growing in her opponents, right? When they're used to getting mistakes on that and the mistakes weren't coming on the forehand. And then where do you go? You can't yeah. go to her backhand. It's no. so good. She hits it so well. And she does like to come in. And so there's this constant pressure now from Coco. And on top of it, you have to hit five unbelievable winners to win the point. Because her defense is unreal, unreal. Oh my God, her speed. I know she was always quick, but I think her confidence now, because she knows she's not missing her forehand, is even off the charts with her movement. Because she's like, you're not getting a ball past me and I'm going to frustrate you. And if you come in, I can flick the lob over your head. I can hit a passing shot. I am not afraid. And I'm like, this girl's transformation, I saw it in Washington was unbelievable. And I yeah. give credit to Brad Gilbert, Pierre River, her, her coach that she brought on at Wimbledon, that both of them have actually made her believe in herself so much. And her, and now and her there's first, no stopping her now. And how, honestly, my, my, you know, Andrea was talking, I was sitting courtside with Andrea a little bit at the beginning of the tournament. And she was talking about, you know, the spacing that Pierre Reba really encouraged mm -hmm. on the forehand and how the, the footwork has improved, which has gone, you know, made her forehand essentially gone from a weakness to like at least neutral. Um, and also I had this thought about Brad Gilbert, who now I have, you know, up close and personal beef with, because that was the only match I lost. Um, no, but I think to his credit, Brad Gilbert is such a strong personality and he's drawn so much attention that it actually has been a benefit to her because it's now not all on her. Cause he can sort of just take some of that noise a little bit mm. and deal with it and get it off of her. And she has handled herself just unbelievably well. And really for me, the and I and I love I love your framing of the final um and I won't make it about me and my personal preferences of game style but just to emphasize like the poise and the unbelievable tactical plan and meeting the moment um and and we're all better for it we're better for it having her and listen I love Sabalenka I will ride or die with Sabalenka I love the way she plays and I hope you know this isn't too shattering a loss because having an entire stadium, you know, cheering for your mistakes is brutal. It's brutal, as you said, and you've experienced it. And, you know, I think the noise yeah. in Ash on that day in particular probably rivaled some of the, well, the you know, noise for, for Serena and other, and other favorites that have oh, come before. When Coco walked on the court, I was like, Oh my God, I haven't heard that scream since last year with Serena. And so this kid is, I just, I, I know I'm using a lot of hyperbole here, but you can you will not meet a nicer kid. You And I can call her a kid. She's half my age, actually more than half my age. She's lot still more than half a my teen. Age. She's 19, but, but her poise, yeah. her ability to be able to understand the moment, even on the trophy stand to say, yeah. Billy, thank you for this, for the $3 million prize money check that for she fighting got. Fighting for equal like, pay, yep. Everything about this this young woman, she praises Venus and Serena every time she speaks. She said, I wouldn't have been here without them. She's just a credit to our sport. I'm so happy that she had this success and I hope that she keeps running with it because there's going to be no better top player in the world than Coco. So we've got all these maturations of all these different personalities with eager, being quiet and sort of a little bit introverted and a little bit anxious sometimes and but produces incredible tenor. So you've got Sabalenka who's just like would rip your face off if you give her an opportunity, but yeah, will smile when she fucks something up. You've got Coco who just is like the consummate professional and just the sweetest kid. Um, so we've got some great characters at the top of the game. And obviously with the man Novak still ruling, Alcaraz biting at his heels and Medvedev letting everyone know don't forget about me. I'm still here. But I tell you that there were, there were days that the tennis wasn't great, 
but overall, wow. Like, yeah. um, I was just, it was, it was very pleasing to be there. Amazing. And um, we should let you go because you're very busy because now you have some fashion week commitments. Um, and I'm going to try to uh, uh, wrap things up from our many, many, many engagements so that I can move on with my life. But I am thrilled to be back on the microphone with you. Thank you for making time. Uh, thank you to our incredible audience uh, for prodding, supporting, and being patient above all else with us because we've been extraordinarily busy, which is great and a good good way to be. But obviously, we like to do more of these rather than less. And uh, we'll we'll try to get back to you more regularly now that uh, the mayhem of the summer season and Renee doing two jobs and me doing two jobs and everybody busting ass uh, is maybe a little calmer now in the fall. So appreciate you guys listening. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do. And hey, listen, feel free to write us on Twitter. Be nice because, you know, God, I got some hate over the last few weeks because people are just so bored. But I, you know what I do now, Caitlin? I just block. Just block. Great. Block, block, Good. block. Block, block, block. I don't care. I don't, I'm not into the fight anymore. I say my opinions and I move on. Um, so believe it or not, but I will bitch to you. But anyway, <laughs> carry on, people. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for waiting for this. Um, I am literally sitting in a stairway um, doing this pod. I was walking the streets of New York and now... I'm handing it over to you all. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.